Hello, this is the HSJ Health Check podcast. I'm your host, Annabelle Collins, and I'm joined by Lawrence Dunhill and Zoe Tibman. This week, we're bringing you an update on perhaps the final chapter of the Christie Foundation Trust's whistleblowing saga and more detail on HSJ reports this week that the NHS is waiting for over £1 billion worth of capital funding announced five years ago. But first, let's start with the Christie. Lawrence, you've been following this story for a while now. Could you give us just a brief recap on what's been going on at the Trust? Yeah, so uh, for the last sort of two and a half years, the, the Trust has been, that there's been a sort of whistleblowing saga going on around the Trust. And there's been a, a couple of independent reviews into lots of whistleblowing concerns that were raised by current and former staff um, that basically found there had been, there were cultural some cultural issues and that essentially the pe- people who raised concerns a lot of them then felt like they were being bullied or badly treated as a result of raising those concerns um, that that's sort of summing it up in a nutshell what the, 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 what the previous reports have found um, the, but there was sort of unfinished business from those reports in that the trust in its in how it had responded to those had really kind of failed to recognise and apologise for what had happened um, and to acknowledge that there was a problem. Um, it, at one stage, it was even sort of asked to publicly apologise by NHS England and it flat refused. Um, and, it, and it, of course, has still had it still had an outstanding rating which it's had since 2016 including for leadership um and so this what the the whistleblowers were able to persuade the cqc that the trust had had not changed and had not acknowledged what had happened um and so that persuaded the cqc that they needed to go in and do a well-led review and was was this of the the trust overall or kind of a, a particular department within the trust so they looked at the well-led um domain but then they also wanted as i understand it to do an well the well-led inspections are, are announced and planned but they wanted to have an unannounced element so they went they looked at the trust medical services on the main site as well um and so the trust overall has been downgraded from outstanding to good um, and then its leadership rating has gone from outstanding to requires improvement it's mm. also gone from good to requires improvement on safety i think yeah i think a jump down to ratings is quite unusual isn't it especially in a, a trust that's a specialist trust and outstanding rated um why why did the well-led review take so long considering you know how long ago the concerns were raised by whistleblowers yeah, so the, the the inspection started in October last year, so it's a good sort of six months since since then, uh, even more than that actually, isn't it? Seven, mm. seven, eight months, um, and there there were initial problems with the with the sort of physical inspection itself because staff started raising some staff started raising concerns that it was held the the kind of interviews and 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 meetings with staff members by with the inspectors were being held in the executive offices in kind of glass walled rooms and that in 
in some of the forums the exec directors were were sitting in those and so staff didn't really feel like they could be open and honest with the inspectors um and they managed to persuade the cqc to put on um there was a bit of back and forth as i understand but they managed to persuade them to put on extra um forums um off that weren't on the Christie site where staff would feel a bit more comfortable in in maybe saying critical things um and then it, it it then still took a long time to get this report out and if you if you read the body of the report a lot of it it looks like it's been written very carefully and and well balanced with lots of caveats um which i i'm sort of speculating a bit here but it reading between the lines it looks as though well, when there's a negative C, uh, draft cqc report you you the the trust that's been criticized will often push back on on the findings and it looks as though a lot of that has gone on o over the last few months and so a lot of this report looks like it's sort of been kind of a compromise or negotiated at, at some stage mm. um and so it may it makes for quite in interesting reading i think i think the whistleblowers will be disappointed by the sort of lack of punch in the report and sort of conclusive findings but they will be happy with that headline uh, rating downgrade um mm. but it, essentially the report just repeated many of the same concerns that, that the previous reports did i think this this was about the about the rating really mm, it almost sounds like the the narrative in the report doesn't quite match up with that with that downgrade i don't know whether you'd agree with that assessment at all um sounds like the cqc perhaps um maybe yeah hedging their bets a little bit in the um yeah within it it it, it does a bit yeah i uh, again it's sort of speculation but it it, it it does look as though they've really struggled to sort of agree a wording um mm. and and a lot of it is sort of isn't as hard as you might expect it to be um but there are there are some really notable bits in it still that that they say that they kind of confirm that some staff are afraid to speak up which is obviously a serious finding um and they say that trust some senior trust execs were uh, are kind of overly focused on the trust reputation um it, which impacts negatively on on some staff um uh, which again is a pretty serious the, it was also really interesting that it, it actually singled out three senior people for praise um include which were chief nurse janelle york medical director neil bayman and the coup bernie delahoyd um which I think will have made for pretty uncomfortable reading for the CEO, Roger Spencer, and some of the other board members, um, because it, it, the CQC just sort of said they had variable feedback. Um, oh, God, that's quite damning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you certainly sort of wouldn't be too pleased with that, would you, if, if, that no. was, if you were described like that and all your uh, several of your colleagues had just been praised in the sentence before. Yeah. And so what what does this mean for Roger Spencer's position then as chief executive? And he's obviously not been singled out as, you know, having his leadership qualities kind of praised by the CQC. Yeah. He, so it, it doesn't seem like I've, I asked the trust the question, is he it does he intend to stay in the role? Because Roger Klein, uh, a workforce expert and academic who's been supporting some of the whistleblowers, 
the last couple of years says that the board should be looking for a new chief exec um mm. the the trust didn't answer my question unsurprisingly um but so so he's he's clearly under some sort of pressure um and that pressure i think is growing because national media have now picked up the story um and the lo- local media as well have the, the manchester news which oddly hasn't covered it up until now um mm. so i i do think he's now under more pressure and i think a lot now depends on the chair position because christine outram finishes her her third term uh, so she was always planning to leave at the end of her third term later this year. And so the appointment of that new chair looks pretty crucial. It, it you know, you can, you, you can imagine sort of I'm talking hypotheticals here, but if the, if it's an internal appointment, you could imagine that would be someone that Roger Spencer would be pretty comfortable with. Um, but if it's an external appointment that, I don't know, perhaps NHS England want to put onto the trust, then that might make life a bit more uncomfortable. Have you heard anything about that at all, Lawrence? Um, not Nothing sort of concrete, but other than that the trust do have a sort of preferred internal candidate who who they would like to step up, um, but that isn't that isn't confirmed. Mm. And I suppose really the last question is what what's next for the for the Christie you've mentioned about um, the the chair appointment, but are they putting in place any other kind of um, transformation works, anything to kind of you know really deal with these um, whistleblowing problems that have emerged? They have, yeah, they have said they've they're, they're putting in various different um, initiatives and programs to encourage uh, the freedom to speak up process and and work on their culture. Um, I've, whether this is the end of the saga, I'm not so sure because the, there are still at least two employment tribunals to come that I know of mm. that that may be more pointed in their criticism of individuals um, than the reports, than the sort of various regulatory reports have been so far. Um, And so they will be, uh, I'll be watching out for those closely. Um, In in terms of the sort of trust future, I know, I know the trust has been some, some people say paranoid over the last kind of decade that the, they would be taken. They could be taken over by Manchester, uh, the big Manchester Hospitals Trust, um, at some point, um, and that their CQC, their outstanding CQC rating, was always a kind of uh, a, a beacon or a reason for for, for them to exist as a separate organisation. So they they will be devastated to lose that outstanding rating. Mm. Um, I, I I don't. I don't think there are any immediate plans for the Christie to be taken over or anything like that, but it it, it may make it more of a an attractive option in the future. Interesting. I wonder whether you'd agree, and this might be going a bit too far, but has this how has this damaged the Christie's kind of reputa- reputation? As you said, it was, you know, it's it was an um outstanding organization it's got kind of an international reputation for cancer treatment research education i wonder what what damage do you think this saga has done to the trust it's it's difficult to say at the moment because i think up until 
up until last week it was pretty minimal because no one mm. no, no other media seemed particularly interested in this story um but last week it was it was on the top of the sort of bbc um new, news bulletins and it, newsnight featured it mm. um and including all the stuff about how they allegedly tried to manipulate the inspection um and obviously they've lost lost their cqc their outstanding CQC rating, so it doesn't look doesn't look great for them that, that mm. this has done an awful this has done an awful lot of damage to their to their brand, and they need to they've got a lot of work to do to repair it. Yeah, it's interesting that, as you said in your column this week, that the national media picked it up and the Manchester Evening News hadn't written about it before either, which is also quite interesting. Um, I wonder what that was. Do you think it was just that rating drop that kind of piqued their interest? I, th- I think, yeah, probably because the 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 previous reports one one they were sort of very long mm. and they didn't and they didn't have a sort of simple traffic light rating system that you know was a was a sort of simple thing to communicate and that's part of the reason for the CQC uh, ratings, isn't it, to to make it easy for the public to understand. Um, but yeah, it is it is still odd that they that they hadn't covered it before the only thing i can think of is that um and this is a guess really but um that the christie is loved in in manchester and across the northwest and a lot of local newspapers in the northwest um as i know from working on the lancashire telegraph before and covering covering these sorts of stories they the christie put out a lot of like really heartwarming and positive news stories about treating kids with cancer and stuff um which are kind of the lifeblood of some of these local papers mm. um and so any there's a lot of love for the christie and so any any news outlet up there would be um you know we would hesitate to crit- to criticize them i think yeah no i can see why All right. Thanks very much, Lawrence. I think now's a good point to move on to our next story this week, which is your story, Zoe. Um, And it's interesting, the new hospitals programme has been dominating the headlines for months and months. Um, But you researched a capital programme that announced money, well, five, almost six years ago, of which millions of pounds um, has yet to be seen. Could you remind us what was this capital programme that was announced, I think, in 2017 and 2018? Yeah, there was a load of schemes were announced um, in different waves across 2017 and 2018. So obviously predating the pledge for 40 new hospitals. So they're basically just a big national programme, all these local sustainability and transformation partnerships. Um we're given loads of funding for different local schemes, and these ranged from, you know, big upgrades to emergency departments, reconfiguring how services are run to primary care hubs, more beds, more theatres. There's across the board, there's loads of different ones. Um, and yeah, this research has basically tracked down how much of that money has actually been received and what's going on with these schemes now. So there was nearly three billion that was announced um, across, I think it was about 170 schemes um, and had a look. And 
been able to track down 2.7 billion. What's happened to that? And just over 1 billion has been received for it. So there's still quite a lot of money kind of still <laughs> trying to make its way to all these big projects that were announced. All money was allocated to it five, six years ago. Um, and yeah, different levels of frustration across the board. Some some schemes are like, fine, we know this is a big scheme. Money's going to take a while to get to us. Others are quite frustrated, whether openly mm-hmm. or behind the scenes. Um yeah, just wanting to get on with these schemes to improve their services and estates, really. It's quite important to note it's a lot of it is capital schemes improving estates, but a lot of it is also reconfiguring services, changing the way things are done, quite things that would level up services as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of anticipation and keenness to try and get these schemes going. I wonder if you can give any kind of examples I suppose of any of the the schemes that are wait awaiting for the most money um any and perhaps any um interesting ones that have been that have been scrapped where the trusts are kind of particularly frustrated yeah. about it yeah the um the piece and research highlighted the ones that um had the biggest allocation so the top one was Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital Trust and they were allocated 312 million to basically reconfigure their A and E. And this is something that um, Emily Townsend, our HSJ correspondent who covers the area, has been following this scheme for a while because it's incredibly delayed um, for a host of reasons. Some of it is kind of local politics and struggling to get kind of struggling to get people on board with the scheme, but it finally got approval from government last year but it received 4.5 million which compared to 3.12 allocated in 2017 2018 is really not a lot um so they're still waiting another big one is um in Essex I think it was the third biggest scheme um and they're still waiting for 110 million out of their 118 and the chief exec said in the piece she was like we need this money to modernize our services they want to use some of it to expand south end hospital um and obviously can't until they get that cash in their hands um so those are some big ones that we've looked at um quite about 10 confirmed that they were scrapped quite a few more said in different language they were reviewing the schemes or had decided to do something else with the money but 10 came back and they were like the project is gone <laughs> we're not doing it anymore and and that ranged from stuff like more child mental health beds to kind of redeveloping A&E to improving mental health estates um so one one of them was Berkshire Healthcare and they had a plan to get more child mental health beds and they kind of said they'd looked at it they decided there's an increased focus on community care we're not going to do that scheme so they kind of didn't say it was because of issues with the money Mm. but kind of more as things change we're going to do something else but it's 
it's still interesting to note because when you have all these big announcements about these are all these amazing capital schemes that are going to happen, you you don't really get the announcement on the other end that oh, actually, it's not anymore. Um, so yeah, those are some examples of ones that you know they were announced as getting money and just hasn't happened now. It, it must be so frustrating for these for a lot of these schemes that the new hospitals program came along and then sort of became the priority because you know mm. that those these STP funding waves which weren't finished they were you know only yeah a third a third to a half of the money ever got ever got paid out um, but then you know prime minister changes comes up with a whole load of new you know a new program new headlines which which they then feel they have to prioritise those. Um, and now now there's a new, new Prime Minister again. And so the, now even the new hospital <laughs> programmes is being questioned. It, it was interesting because something that was coming up from this research was a lot of schemes were coming back and saying that they'd been paused for a while. And it was quite difficult to get too much information about this from government. But um, it sounded like schemes were put on pause for quite a while and um, I mean there could be loads of reasons why but if these aren't the big capital schemes dominating the headlines and dominating the focus you'd assume it's probably quite easier to do that um, rather than if the new hospital program was put on pause for officially then that would probably cause a lot more shockwaves um, but yeah yeah completely um, it must be frustrating if they're still waiting for the money and kind of all the focus is shifted on trying to get this other big ambitious program over the line. Are there any that have been folded into the new hospital program so they've sort of just been transferred over to this new kind of you know tranche of money I suppose? I I believe so yeah there's um, yeah there's a big cancer centre let me just call it up um but only only one or two that kind of stood out to me as likely being the same schemes that have been folded on. I think that in the big picture here on on sort of overall capital spending is that the, the capital spending in the in the NHS is significant has been significantly lower than capital spending in other countries health systems over a very mm. long period of time um i think you know that it, i think that goes to revenue spending as well but but to an even greater extent uh, on on capital we really have underinvested in the estate over a, over a long time period and and it, and it and it's resulting in some crazy maintenance bills um as a result i know mid mid cheshire for example Leighton hospitals one of the rack um hospitals with the aerated concrete beams and um they're they're hoping to get onto the new hospitals program and get um 600 million or so for a rebuild um but until that happens they're they're spending 20 million a year Mm. but propping up the propping up the building essentially Mm. um and one of the the schemes that I think has been dropped, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, is in Lancashire. And Lawrence, that's your patch. I was wondering if you'd heard much about kind of fallout from that. Yeah, there's a there, there there's a there was a lot of frustration around this uh, pathology 
project because um, this was something that came out of a big government review and government recommendations and instructions for um, health systems to consolidate their pathology services. And so Lancashire did that and came came up with a plan uh, to consolidate the pathology teams between four acute trusts and create a central laboratory for all cold blood tests, um, cold as in non non urgent. Um, and they but when they put their business case together for the capital to complete to 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 build that uh, big laboratory set the central lab which they think would have led to central um to, to annual savings of around 10 million a year uh, they they wanted about 30 million from the dh to, to build the central lab um and they just never heard back uh, and never got sign off on on the plans um and have essentially now given up it's it's interesting this is one of the ones that in the research and I was contacting all the trusts you know the scheme is officially still live it's officially still going on I think they replied to me saying that um you know they were still working through their business case etc but it's one of those that there's clearly difficulties behind the scenes um and I feel like there's plenty more that I like that I, I, I bet there are yeah yeah, I, I did an interview with the managing director of the project a couple of months ago, and he he said it's effectively been scrapped. And, mm. and I, I bet there are quite a few others in that in that same boat. Mm. And just to round it off, um, Zoe, I wonder if you could give a quick update on the the national um, the new hospital program. Sorry, um, as we sort of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, for fear of saying the same things as has been said for quite a while now we are expecting something very soon um that has we were expecting something in march um just just to recap so a lot of trusts are waiting now to find out how much money they're actually going to get for their schemes and that you know, they're not entirely sure if they can build exactly what they want to build if they're going to get less money and going to have to rework plans exactly when they will be in the order of when things are going to be built. So there's a lot of uncertainty for trusts in the scheme still. Um, and we and they are waiting for an announcement on their funding and their timings. Um, and safe to say they are incredibly keen to find out what's going on. Something was expected in March recently, and we understand that didn't happen for whatever reason. Um, but we are expecting something soon. Um, so hopefully, yeah, keep next tuned week, on right, HSJ. Right? Yeah, we understand it'll be next week if All everything right. goes to plan with that caveat. But yeah. All right. Thanks very much. I think on, on that note, a good good time to wrap up the podcast this week. Thanks both for joining me. Just a reminder to listeners, you can find us every week on our website and all, across all the main podcast channels where you can also subscribe. And don't forget to get in touch with us if there's something you'd like to see us cover. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>